Henry Drummond was a Scottish evangelist from the late 1800s. He wrote a book, The Greatest Thing in the World, which is probably yet to this day the best commentary on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that has ever been written. But one of the other things that he did was make a connection between how you feel about yourself and growth. And he wrote a book about that. And basically, if I were to summarize it, he said, if we are not growing, we will tend towards self-condemnation. And we will start to think little of ourselves and our self-esteem will, will diminish. If you and I are growing people, if we're growing and developing, it will help us feel good and better about ourselves and we will make less self-condemning statements about ourselves. And so he says growth is very much important for you and I to be at peace with ourselves. John Maxwell is a 68-year-old Wesleyan who has probably become one of the, if not the, world expert on leadership uh, today. Um, But he says this, Growth is the greatest separator between those who succeed and those who don't. When I see a person beginning to separate themselves from the pack, I always can Mark it down due to personal growth. If we are growing, it makes a huge difference. And one of his other quotes here is, Success is knowing your purpose in life. It is growing to your maximum potential and sowing seeds that benefit other people. Well, Jesus talked to us about growth also. And I want us to hear what Jesus had to say as he tells a story about growth. Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Listen, then, to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. 
That parable has a lot to say to us about growth. And as you start the year 2016, I want to ask you, where are you growing in your life? And have you stopped growing? Is there an area where God wants you to grow that you have completely forgot about? Maybe it's not even spiritual, but God's still concerned about your whole life. And maybe there's an area where God wants to nudge you back into growing. God wired you for growth. He created you that way. Um, Just starting through reading the Bible again, I just went through Genesis 1 and 2. God created the world to grow. Green living things and trees and, and all that kind of stuff. And he wired it for growth. In our text, in our story, the farmer goes out and he sows seed. But he sowed them for the purpose of them growing. He didn't just go out just to throw seed around. He wanted growth out of those seeds. And the farmer represents God sowing seeds in my life and in your life. The question is, do you know what God has sown in your life? Sometimes you and I can take a lot of time trying to grow things that God never planted. Because we see that God planted X over here in this person and we're jealous and so we try to grow it in ourselves and God didn't plant that seed in us. But he planted something else in us. What did God plant in you that you need to enable to grow? Our text keeps us humble before God. There isn't much that you and I can do if God didn't wire and create the world for growth. I mean, we could take a bean and plant it in the soil... And even if we created the perfect environment for that, if God hadn't designed that bean to sprout and to grow, nothing would happen. And so the credit all goes to God when we grow. But you and I do need to set up the kind of environment in our life that when God plants a seed, it can grow. Because even though God has done everything to plant seeds in us, If we don't provide the right environment, in spite of what God has done, it's not going to produce fruit. It will sprout, probably, but that'll be the end of it. So what seed has God planted in your life? Now, um, just, just look at these verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 6 and 7. Paul says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, (laughs) but only God who makes things grow. I want to say to you, God has planted seeds in you, and he can make them grow. You need to cooperate with him. Figure out what seeds, God, do you want to grow in my life? What do I need to do to cooperate, to help that seed grow. Now, 
Um, as we go on into the story, we, we discover that there is a second thing about God. And that is that he's generous. If I was a farmer and I had hard soil and shallow soil and weedy soil and good soil, I would take all my seed and put it on the good soil. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, come on. Because we're stingy. <laughs> but God is generous. And he takes and this farmer goes and he throws seed all over all four soils, hoping, inviting. And it really doesn't matter whether you're hard soil or shallow soil or weedy soil or good soil. God has planted seeds in you because he is generous, always Always generous. One of the soils that God threw seeds on is the hard soil. It represents the hard heart. If I was to go out during the summer and throw radish seeds all over the scorial path out here, I just wouldn't get radishes. I might get them to sprout if it rained right after I had thrown them down, but that would be the end of it. You know, the birds could come and eat the seeds or something else, but I would not get any radishes out of that. Arthur W. Pink, who was a great biblical theologian of the past century, wrote, The Christian who has stopped repenting has stopped growing. There is a connection between repentance and a hard heart. If you haven't repented of anything in a while, you are becoming like that scorial pathway. And, and this is a hard word, but friends, you need to hear it in the church because you're not going to hear it anywhere else. If you have gone for too long without any repentance and without any confession, you are developing a hard heart that God cannot grow fruit in. <clears throat> if it's been a while since you've repented of anything or felt sorry for anything or gone to God in tears over your sin, you are probably on the edge of getting a hard heart. And you will not produce Fruit for the kingdom. That's the gospel. <laughs> we need to be a people who repent so we don't get hard hearts. If you want a picture of a person who hasn't repented in a while, think Pharisee. God planted the same seeds in them that he planted in other people, but there was no fruit because they never repented because they thought they were already perfect. I want to tell you, don't be a Pharisee. Don't get hard-hearted. Don't go through life without repentance and without confession of sin and without a sensitive heart to God. Now, there's a reason we don't like to do that. We don't like repentance because repentance means changing, turning around. It means turning directions. It means change. 
John Maxwell says this wonderful quote, if you don't change the direction you are going in, then you are likely to end up where you are heading. <laughs> now, I put that up there on the screen because it, that takes a little while to absorb. It's so much common sense. <laughs> Sometimes you and I, if we're going to grow, it means we have to make some changes in our life. We have to get rid of the hard heart. One of the other things about change is the fact is none of us like change. The older we get, the less we like it. But we are never ready for repentance and we are never ready for change until the pain of staying where we are is greater than the pain of change. We are never ready to repent until the pain of staying in our sin is greater than the pain of making the change. And so a lot of times we don't change and we don't repent. And sometimes God will send enough pain our way so that we get ready for repentance and we get ready for change and we become soil that when God plants a seed in, it can grow. There's a second soil that the farmer sowed his seed on, and that was the shallow ground. And some seeds are sown in shallow ground, shallow lives, lives that have not put down deep roots, that cannot stand droughts and tough times and strong winds and scorching heat. Paul talks about people who always want to be, they want to live on spiritual milk and they never get to spiritual meat. If you and I think that we are entitled to the very best all the time and can go through life without struggles and without tough times and rough times, the seed that God plants in our life is going to wither because we have never put down ruts. If you're going to produce fruit for the kingdom, the only way that's going to happen is if you become a strong enough person that you can withstand drought because there will be days when drought comes. And you can withstand wind, North Dakota winds, because there will be days when wind comes. And you can withstand scorching heat because there will be days when scorching heat will come. And the only way for that to happen is you put down roots. And you put those roots down by going through hard times. We live in an age, we live in a culture where everybody thinks everything ought to be easy. And as soon as something becomes hard, we run away from it. The cost of that to our children is incredible. Because we are raising shallow, a shallow generation. Don't be shallow or you will never produce fruit for God. F. Scott Fitzgerald says, Growing up is terribly hard to do. It is easier to skip adulthood and go from one childhood to another childhood. 
And that's exactly what our culture is wanting to do with our children. We don't discipline our children anymore. We're scared to discipline our children. And what we are creating is a bunch of shallow, a shallow generation that's coming up and they cannot put down any roots because there is no discipline in their life. Now that ought to make a bunch of people at social services happy. But that is exactly what our culture is doing. Creating a bunch of shallow people that cannot withstand anything. And so in the end, they're just going to be told what to do and they're going to go obey the marching orders. Do whatever is the easiest thing in life. Put down ruts. And ruts get developed by discipline and staying through tough things. John Maxwell says, if we are going to grow... We are always going to be put outside of our comfort zone. Growth demands a temporary surrender of security. It may mean giving up the familiar and limiting patterns, safe but unrewarding work, values no longer believed in, relationships that have lost their meaning. You and I, if we're going to put down roots and make soil that God can grow something in, you and I will have to surrender some of the easiness in life. And go through tough things and put down roots in them to produce fruit that God wants. Sometimes God, in order to produce fruit in you and I, will send stress and put us outside of our comfort zone so that we can grow the seed that he wants to put in us. There's a third soil here, and that is the soil that has a bunch of extra weed seeds in it. Now, I, I use wheat. It's not weeds, but that's what I could find. <laughs> so, the father sowed seed on weed-infested soil. And Jesus says that represents the worries of life. We can choke the seed that God plants in our life by earthly excess. We are so busy taking care of all the stuff that we own that we have no time, no energy left, no resources left for God and for the seed he wants to grow up in our life. And I speak to myself as much as I speak to anyone, but a lot of times, friends, all the excesses that we have in our American lifestyle keep us from growing the things that God wants to grow in our life. Too much good, and we lose the greatness out of our life. When you have too much other stuff growing in your life, you will not take time for the great things that God wants to grow in your life. John Maxwell teaches us to ask God every morning, what is the main event today? What do you want me to focus on today? What is that? Narrow it down. You and I probably all have, at least I do, I have a to-do list that I work on every day. And I'm better at making my to-do list than I am fulfilling it. Um, Much better at that. And, And part of the problem with that is that I don't have this other list. And that's a list that every one of us should have. It's the will not do list. Stop doing list. 
if you and I are going to produce fruit for the kingdom, we're probably going to have to stop doing some things we're doing. We're going to have to pull some weeds out of our life. Or they might actually be wheat, some good things in, in the wrong place. God has seeds planted in your heart. God has seeds planted in your life that he wants to produce a harvest with of a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. What are you doing with that seed? If you've got too many other things going on in your life, you cannot zero in and you will not give God's seed the appropriate attention that it deserves. We cannot become what we need to become by remaining what we are and by doing what we are doing. So sometimes, if God wants to grow the seed that he has planted in us, he will ask us to declutter and refocus our lives so that the seed can grow without competition. There's a fourth thing that you and I can do with the seed that God has planted. And that is that we can enable it. The father sowed some seed on good soil and it produced 30 and 60 and 100 fold. The good soil represents good environment. And Jesus says a good person is the one who hears the word, understands the word, and produces fruit. Now, the hard thing about that is that's time-consuming. I grew up in the day when science still, by and large, was practicing to benefit humanity. (laughs) So when we raised chickens, we had all summer to do it. And we, we had 500 hands, and we, you know, produced eggs year-round and all of that, so every spring we'd get about a thousand baby chicks. And then we'd um, butcher the roosters, you know, about August we'd start doing that. And then October we switched out, killed all the old hens and butchered them and moved the the new hens into the hen house and all of that. It was a big rotation and, and all of that. But we took months to raise up those baby chicks. Now, we are so, so concerned about getting things done quick today that science has gotten us so that we can have baby chicks that are hybrid and designed so that they can grow really fast and really fat within six weeks. And from the time they're born to the time they're slaughtered and sold in our grocery store, they've only lived six weeks. That's absolutely amazing. And they're fed stuff that's not good for you and I. (laughs) That's what I say science used to be there for the benefit of humanity. You and I, well, some of us remember the days before microwaves. And we were pretty ecstatic that you could cook food faster than the stove. Now how many of us get mad at the microwave because it's not doing it fast enough? I have those days when I just think, can't you go any faster? (laughs) We want spiritual growth like that. 
But the fact is, even with all the improvements in science and all of that, and with all the hybrid seeds that we have out there today, no one cares or no one has created overnight wheat and corn. (laughs) It still takes a while for it to sprout, germinate, come up, grow, put a head on, ripen before we combine it. And if God is going to produce fruit in your life, you cannot expect it to happen overnight. It requires a growing season and it requires the right conditions like the sunlight, the water, the fertilizer, the nutrients and all of that. It requires paying the price on the front end and reaping the fruit on the back end. Doing the right thing daily compounds over time. Doing the wrong thing daily compounds over time. What are you going to do daily to help the seed that God has planted in your life grow? J.C. Penney, the founder of uh, J.C. Penney Stores, said, don't focus on growing fruit. Focus on creating the conditions for the fruit to grow in your life. Growth is never by chance. It is a result of all kinds of forces coming together in your life and working well. But the other thing that happens in terms of good soil is that if you and I are really going to produce fruit, the seed that God wants to grow in our lives, it's going to mean that you and I are going to have to bring people around us who can speak the truth in love to us in freedom. You have to be part of a church. You have to be part of a group. You have to be part of people who will speak the truth in love into your life if you're going to produce fruit for the kingdom. Paul says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. Unless you put yourself around people who will speak truth into your life in love, you will not grow to become like Christ. And that is one of the primary seeds God wants to plant in your life is to become like Jesus. So here's the two questions of the day. Can you identify the seed that God has planted in your life? Maybe there's two or three, but can you identify? Could you spend some time this week asking God, God, what seeds have you planted in my life that you want to grow? Because maybe you've been focusing on growing all kinds of other seeds that he didn't even intend to grow. What seed has God planted in your life that you need to cooperate with? And then secondly, the other question is this, what kind of soil are you for the seed that God has planted, because he's always generous. (laughs) Even if you're a hard, rocky soil, he will still plant a seed in you. What kind of seed are you? If you're the hard path, you need to get back to repentance and change. 
And if you're shallow, you got to go through some tough times. But put down some ruts. And if you're thorny and weed-infested soil, man, you've you got to declutter. you got to get out the what-I-will-not-do list. And you got to refocus your life to do the things that God wants you to do in 2016. Become the good soil. You are good people. Become the good soil that God can take the seed that He's planted in your life and grow and produce a fruit a hundred, sixty, and thirty times the seed that He put in there to start with.